Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. December 10th, 2020. Eight things Lightshed expects from Disney's 2020 Investor Day. At today's Disney Investor Day, the focus is once again on streaming and how fast Disney is pivoting away from both the legacy multi-channel universe and the long-standing movie industry sequential release windows. Here are the eight things we expect to see today. Number one, end of the Iger Horn era. We expect the investor day to serve as the final power shift from the Bob Iger era to the Bob Chapek era. We expect Chairman Iger to retire at the end of 2020, a year earlier than his contract. With Chapek fully in command, we sense Iger's head of content role has been marginalized. Tied to Iger's departure, we would not be surprised to see studio head Alan Horn retire as well, with Alan Bergman named head of the studio. Number two, long-term Disney Plus content strategy unveiled. Disney Plus has crushed subscriber expectations. Even if you remove upwards of 20 million subscribers as of fiscal September Q4 2020 bundled into Hotstar at a $1 price, likely over 25 million now. With recent launches in Latin America and the aforementioned Hotstar growth, we would not be surprised to see Disney Plus closing in on 90 million subscribers in just over a year since launch. Disney Plus's success was largely driven by the iconic Disney brand, a low price, and a deep library of animated content that replaced the need for DVDs and cable television. All signs point to the majority of today's investor meeting focusing on the content slate for Disney Plus over the next several years. Even without COVID-19 slowing production, Disney's content plans for 2020 were relatively modest. We expect a dramatic ramp in the rate of production for Disney Plus in 2021, particularly episodic television content from the Marvel and Star Wars franchises. For Disney Plus, Disney's going deeper on their core franchises and super-serving fans and kids. Continuous fresh content, TV and film, is critical to increasing engagement, which will minimize churn and enable pricing power for Disney Plus. In our recent share of streaming post, we illustrated that Disney Plus only represented 5% of streaming time spent. It should help from a gross ad perspective, albeit breadth of content is likely critical to the TAM expansion. It appears Disney's going to use Hulu and the newly announced Star to attack that extra TAM. Number three, Disney Plus price increase possible. Given the utility of a Disney Plus subscription for families and the aforementioned ramp in the content slate, we would not be surprised to see Disney Plus raise price on non-bundled subscribers who did not sign up for a multi-year plan at launch. Disney has already raised price by a dollar on ESPN Plus, and that is a vastly inferior product to Disney Plus. Number four, Star Unveiling. Star is seemingly the international breath play for Disney, and beyond Disney Plus programming, the unveiling of Star is likely to be the core focus of today's Investor Day. We suspect Star will be positioned as a way to increase the ARPU of Disney Plus by adding adult skewing content into a related service that may be accessible as an upgrade within the Disney Plus app. Unlike Disney Plus and Hulu in the U.S., which are separate app experiences, even if bought together via the Disney bundle. We definitely want to hear more about Star pricing and branding strategy. In our view, we would include Star and all of this content in D Plus at one higher price, making a service that is anchored in iconic con- Disney content, but has the breadth to reach everyone. Essentially, Disney would be creating the cross-subsidization that exists in the cable bundle and on Netflix. Then Disney would get the benefits of using the Disney brand and keep the existing funnel intact without creating an extra barrier for subscribers not interested in Disney content. 
However, we are sure Disney's survey work yielded results counter to our logic. We are also curious about how much original programming spend Disney will allocate to Star. Unlike Disney+, Plus, which instantly became a must-have for families with younger children, even with the limited original programming, there is no must-have aspect of Star. Star is also in direct competition with scaled global generate entertainment services such as Netflix and Prime Video. A low incremental price add-on to Disney Plus may help subscriber growth, but we suspect the key will be just how much original spend Disney's willing to make right now. Remember, outside the U.S., it is less about exporting U.S. content and far more about investing in a robust slate of local and regional programming. Number five, clarity on how distribution decisions are being made. Following Disney's major reorg back in October, we are curious if our view that distribution decisions are still being made by the content team is correct. Said another way, if the distribution team that oversees Disney Plus believes taking all movies straight to SVOD would be optimal for Disney overall, is the content team, Alan Bergman, Kevin Feige, Kathleen Kennedy, still deciding whether or not a film goes to theaters, PVOD, or straight to SVOD, or Disney Plus? We doubt Kareem Daniel is telling Bergman, Feige, and Kennedy how their films should be distributed. Understanding how the new management structure actually functions should be an important question for management if it is not addressed within the prepared remarks. Number six, hybrid movie strategy, at least for 2021. Disney, more than any other studio in the world, benefits from the continuation of the theatrical business. We believe its Marvel and Star Wars management teams, led by Feige and Kennedy, respectively, are firmly committed to releasing their product theatrically. That said, Disney's trying to thread the needle, capturing the financial benefits of their consistent box office outperformance and keeping theaters alive with their blockbuster film output, while providing fresh exclusive movie content to Disney Plus to drive subscribers and satisfy investors. We expect Disney to move several non-blockbuster live-action titles from theatrical releases to directed Disney Plus model. Mid-budget films were working less well at the box office anyway. We also would not be surprised to see Disney permanently shift animated titles from Disney Pixar to a direct to Disney Plus, as they are doing with Soul on December 25th. For blockbuster level live action movie IP, we suspect Disney will stick to the sequential release window strategy with theatrical, think Black Widow. We do not expect Disney to follow Warner Media's strategy of releasing movies simultaneously in theaters and direct to streaming, in this case, Disney Plus versus HBO Max for Warner Media. We hope to understand why later today. Click here for more on Warner's approach. This may change in time. Disney's is taking a conservative tact on this point. Perhaps success for HBO Max without degradation of Warner's key IP will give Disney the confidence to pivot even more dramatically over time. The big unknown is where premium access, PVOD, fits in and whether Disney will add a PVOD window shortly after theatrical especially given the challenges to box office posed by COVID-19 throughout 2021. We would not be surprised to see premium access layered in, similar to what Universal is doing with its 17- to 30-day PVOD theatrical window, following Chapik's positive PVOD commentary during Disney's fiscal Q4 earnings call. Hopefully, Disney realizes that it should not be limited to Disney Plus subscribers if they are going to move forward with PVOD, as that severely reduces the revenue potential of PVOD compared to using all platforms that sell access to movies, from Amazon to Apple to the MVPDs. We'll also be interesting to see if Disney talks to the PVOD price point. Universal has stuck to $20, while Disney went with $30 from Mulan. The higher price point is likely not the sweet spot on the elasticity curve, albeit we know Disney is still trying to protect theatrical. 
Finally, the question we are unsure of is whether PVOD is only for 2021 during the pandemic, or will it be a core element of Disney's movie strategy once the pandemic is in the rearview mirror? 7. The Future of Hulu Hulu appears increasingly marginalized, despite having nearly 37 million subscribers in the U.S. Hulu is clearly being confined to the U.S. And Disney, as Disney launches the star brand globally, and Disney's most iconic franchise content all heads to Disney+. It also remains unclear how Disney's need to buy out Comcast's stake in Hulu is influencing its strategy right now in terms of investment and expansion in Hulu. Given that Hulu is set to lose some of its most important bingeable content, such as the Kardashians, Comcast and NBCU likely sh- to shift their own content over to Peacock, we expect Disney to unveil a substantial content slate of originals for Hulu. Disney clearly understands that the multi-channel bundle is in secular decline having shuttered cable networks overseas. To that end, it will be interesting to see how Disney talks about what content premieres on broadcast and or cable networks versus premiering it on Hulu. We could start to see Disney launch content on Hulu first to bolster the value of Hulu with delayed airings on its linear TV networks, both broadcast and cable. We also would love to understand the importance of Hulu Live, which Disney management has talked about in an increasingly positive light, having now exceeded 4 million subscribers. It just feels like Disney's trying to move their entire business toward direct-to-consumer streaming and away from the legacy bundle, while at the same time saying their Hulu Live product is important. Hard to reconcile. Number eight, ESPN strategy shift unlikely for now. With multi-channel bundle subscribers down to the upper 70 million range and falling at mid-to-upper single-digit percentages, the future of cable networks, especially those with high fixed costs such as ESPN, remain a growing challenge for Disney. Investors clearly want management to take ESPN direct-to-consumer versus ESPN+, which is largely viewed as a tertiary streaming service today. Investors were excited after Disney's ESPN comments back in August, where Chapik said, Today's model is the most effective way to maximize shareholder value from the ESPN brand. We're certainly open to any and all options in terms of how we may be able to get our programs to our consumers. We are skeptical that management will announce a major ESPN pivot today. Rather, we expect Disney to talk to their plans to strike sports rights licensing deals that create more flexibility to transition to a D2C model over the next few years. Without having reached new agreements yet with the leagues, particularly the NFL, it feels premature to announce the actual ESPN pivot. It is also likely premature to take ESPN over the top. There are still tens of millions of subscribers to the bundle that are not sports fans, and Disney is still over-earning due to cross-subsidization. Eventually, the bundle will be just sports fans. Closer to that point, it will make sense to go OTT. In the meantime, Disney can thoroughly, thoughtfully prepare for the time when they rip off the Band-Aid and leverage their learnings from their current OTT offerings. It's also worth thinking about that if NFL Monday Night Football is going to be available on both ESPN and ABC when a new deal is reached with the NFL, the must-have exclusive content on ESPN is meaningfully reduced. We struggle to see how the ESPN audience ex-NFL programming is large enough to justify the pivot to a direct-to-consumer model. Even must-watch content such as the NBA Finals airs on ABC versus ESPN. Lastly, worth remembering that if ESPN goes direct-to-consumer, it does not jeopardize ESPN, not does not just jeopardize ESPN's revenue from the MVPDs as it increases cord cutting, it adds to the pressure facing all of Disney's broadcast and cable network assets. Bottom line, ESPN will have to pivot over the next several years given its declining subscriber base, but it feels premature to lay out exact plans today.